We all know dental school is hard, but being a dentist in the real world is even harder. And what about all those things they don't teach you in dental school, like how to talk to patients and when to buy a practice? New Dentist Boost Camp is here to help you. Easily download and watch 12 hours of valuable CE, giving you tools you will want to implement immediately to help with your day-to-day in the office and lessons that will help you through your entire dental career. Learn from Dr. Paul Goodman and top dental professionals. Gain confidence in crown preps, class 2 composites, root canals, and implants. Increase patient acceptance. Effectively communicate to your patients and your dental team. This beneficial course is $9.95, but because Dental Nachos loves to see happy dentists succeeding, they are offering new dentist boost camp to dental students for $3.95. Visit DentalNachos.com slash NDBC for more information and to purchase your discounted download of New Dentist Boost Camp. Watch it and re-watch it anytime. This will be an impactful reference tool that you can continue to learn from and use. Buy it today to help you find a good job, start paying your student loans back faster, and feel great about dentisting. That's what it's all about. Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here with you, Rob. It's good to see you, Paul. And uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Dental Amigos. Today, we're joined again by Dr. Mark Costas. This is his second appearance on the show, which we're very fortunate to, yeah, to have. Yeah, sequel, him. like Rocky. Yeah, we, uh, we don't have many. Mark is our, our, our second repeat. Yeah, you got to be special. Like, two of Jamie Amos, two of Mark Costas, so we're, we're doing okay here. Uh, for those few of you who might be listening who do not know who Dr. Mark Costas is, uh, he is an international keynote speaker and the founder of the Dental Success Institute, which is a company committed to helping dentists to achieve their full potential while recapturing their passion for dentistry. Uh, Mark is also the founder of the Horizon Schools of Dental Assisting, which has experienced explosive growth and has expanded to over 180 locations throughout the U.S., uh, Mark is the international and number one Amazon best-selling author of the book Pillars of Dental Success. His internet radio show, The Dentalpreneur Podcast, now has listenership from over 135 countries worldwide. And if that's not enough, Dr. Costas runs multiple practices, speaks at dental forums around the world, and coaches successful practice owners to help maximize profits in his mastermind groups. And Mark, uh, We'll be speaking at the uh, upcoming Dentist Team Boost event, Paul, that you're doing yeah, right in Philadelphia. Right here in Philly, can't wait. On May 31st and June 1st, June 1st 2019. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I've spoken to uh, to Mark, but this will be the first time that I, I meet him in person. And uh, now, you know, without further ado, here's Dr. Mark Costas. Welcome, amigo, and thanks for being on the show. Gentlemen, thank you guys so much for having me back. I am honored to, to spend the next 40 minutes with you. Can't wait. Yeah, the honor is all, all ours. So I'm, we're going to deviate from the norm. Uh, as Paul, usually this is where he asks his, his nacho topping question. And after we had you on the show the last time, you know, we realized that you're probably a, a more healthy, uh, more fit human being than we are so we instead of asking you know what your favorite nacho <laughs> topping is uh you know what is sort of one of your uh what, what is important to to mark costas from a from a health or, or nutrition standpoint that you'd like to to share and and see other dentists maybe uh consider implementing in their lives oh wow i love this question i, I could talk about this stuff just the whole 40 minutes <laughs> we can make that um, episode three yeah yeah <laughs> Rocky three, Mr. Teal be yeah. it. <laughs> so I, like I'm the old dad, right? So when I go get my 10 year old from school, I'm like the oldest guy. I just don't want to look like the oldest guy. So I'm, I'm, I've, I've kind of dedicated my life to longevity. I was a personal trainer for 16 years. So I kind of 
I kind of have been a gen rat my whole life. Uh, and there's so much new information technology about, about, uh, fitness and how you can do that very, very quickly. How, um, you know, there's a lot of diminishing returns. What we used to think was healthy, you know, 60 to 90 minutes of intense exercise. We found out that now actually at some point past 60 minutes, you're actually decreasing your overall health and increasing your morbidity with, with, um, extended periods of, of high intense workouts. And, and, uh, so I'm constantly kind of combing all of the newest technology, all the newest books, all the newest articles, all the newest podcasts to kind of get that edge and to do it in as quick a way as possible, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm really into intermittent fasting. I usually, uh, at the end of the day, it, it usually go, I usually go at least 12 hours, usually 16 hours before my next meal. Um, a lot of hydration, a lot of water. Uh, I I shop the perimeter of the grocery store as as few um, processed foods as possible. Uh, I'm into cold therapy, so I take a five to seven minute ice cold shower every single day. That that helps a lot with the uh, uh, with the brown fat and, and staying lean. Um, geez, there's there's uh, I, I I avoid you know as many vegetable oils. It's possible with the exception of coconut oil and avocado oil and extra virgin olive oil. And then I, I'm interested in consuming as many quality proteins and, uh, and, uh, healthy fats as possible. I don't know. I think that's about it. I, I I'm really, really into it. And, uh, it's the thing outside of dentistry and business that I'm, I'm really kind of uh, focused on and, and obsessed with at this moment. I mean, that, that's actually a lot of stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I actually want to ask you a couple of questions about some of this stuff. So, uh, like, what kind sure. of articles or, or, or books or podcasts you know have you found to be particularly inter- interesting or or uh, or helpful that you would suggest maybe people explore or thinking about some of this? Yeah, stuff? Yeah, you know, it, it's awesome. Like, if you if you just go and open up Pandora's box on YouTube, you will drop into so many different rabbit holes. Uh, ben Greenfield is the best, I think, um, person that can speak on longevity nowadays. He's an author, he's a podcaster, he's been interviewed thousands of times, and you can get bite-sized clips to two-hour uh, lectures on longevity and diet and uh, sleep cycles and all that stuff. So Ben Greenfield's one of my favorites. Anything from Mind Valley, they talk about, you know, um, they always have people on there that talk about sleep and mindfulness and meditation and those sorts of things. Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof Coffee and uh, the Bulletproof Mind, he's another great resource. If you if you YouTube him, you'll go down a million different rabbit holes because all these guys uh, are interviewed by other longevity and fitness and health experts, um, but they also give great tips themselves. So if you if you follow any of those people, Ben uh, Greenfield, Dave Asprey. Or um, anything from Mind Valley, you'll 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 be totally covered. That's cool. So, has that has the nutrition always been something that's important to you? You know, so you said you were very much into into the training aspect for for over sixteen years. But was nutrition did that play as as integral a role in your life through those sixteen years, or is that a more recent thing for you? No, I've I've always been interested in it. But what's funny is they they've you know, what we used to think was gospel is now completely debunked. Like the, the old school, um, you know, nutritional pyramid, that's completely debunked. Like having uh, that, like having the base of the pyramid be, um, you know, carbohydrates, even slow-burning complex carbohydrates, people have disproven that for years, but the government is so far behind in updating what, you know, um, what that pyramid looks like. Uh, so Drink lots of milk, that. right? It's, it's going to help you live long. <laughs> lots of milk and cheeses <laughs> and and, uh, and carbohydrates, and you'll be healthy. Of course, you'll be obese because your you know your glycemic in, index is so high. And, and there's so many different things that that we now know about the way that the the, the body responds to the food that we consume. Uh, that none of the old conventional wisdom, even from ten years ago, is, is valid anymore. Well, to infuse, I appreciate you sharing that, Mark. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, even though I joke around, I, I am, uh, you know, uh, think working out nutrition is important. But people say everything in moderation, so that means sometimes the moderation is, you know, the fun stuff. So when you do come to Philadelphia, if I insist that you partake in one food 
or drink choice, what would you pick here in Philly? You say, okay, because we had a guest on recently, great, great, great episode with Frank King, the comedian on mental health. And he uh, has a new, he's actually a um, bodybuilder in the senior division, but he allows himself to have pizza once a year on his birthday. So since you're coming wow. to Philadelphia to dance team booze, what can, what can I, what can I, you know, get you on the record saying you will have this while you're here? Oh, that's it right there, man. Pizza. I love, I mean, if I, if I'm going to splurge, it's going to be, it's going to be in the carbohydrate area. I, I'm not, a, I don't usually have dairy, but if it's a really good pizza and it's a, a veggie pizza, I will splurge on that. Well, you're in luck because our, our social event on the Friday night is, is sur- or, uh, around that. And uh, so that'll, that'll fit in nicely. So I'm going to get a picture of us having pizza. Uh, it's good pizza too. Yeah. It, it, it there. So yeah, um, I can't wait. Great. Well, um, I was excited, Mark, to kind of digging more first episode you shared with us about you know multi-practice ownership and maybe a level i'm at with you know the equivalent of three or four practices but now you know you right now i don't know we're kind of from the same generation i don't know if you remember this show was called uh, eight is enough back in the day um it was about a family <laughs> yeah. of eight kids but how many uh how many practices are you up to now yeah, you know, in, in 2018, I got up to 10 practices and then started shedding a few, and we consolidated one with another practice. So we dropped three, but really I, I only got rid of two. So um, I have seven practices right now. Seven there. And uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, if you could just speak broadly, you know, the process of going from a few practices to seven or eight, what that looks like, what are some of the decisions you've had to make, or tell us about that journey. Yeah, I mean, I probably alluded to this the first time that we spoke, but going from one to two is a big decision, as you know, um, Paul. And when you go from one to two, a lot of times we're trying to mask something that's not quite perfect in the first practice, and we get a little bit frustrated with trying to to refine it, or we just kind of get the, the itch to continue to grow, so we'll build that second practice. And then from two, seems like a logical place to go to three, and then a lot of times, you know, the, the third practice or even the second practice um, is, a, is a rough replica of the first one that's not quite perfect, but the, the next subsequent practice is always less perfect than the one before. So, you know, I, I did that same thing. I got all the way up to six practices, and um, I never took the time to create really good, solid systems. And one practice practice was a replica of a sloppy uh, replica of a, another replica of another sloppy replica. And uh, although the practices did well, uh, they were profitable, they could have done much better if I knew then what I know now. Uh, but I will tell you, like when you're talking about going from two or three to six to eight, um, there is quite a bit of planning that, that needs to take place because if you're going to have more than, say, five practices, um, if they are profitable and they're generating a fair amount of revenue, it is past five practices, sometimes six practices, depending on the, the, the overall revenue, when you can start uh, being able to justify uh, an executive team. And that executive team probably has maybe a, a COO in there, maybe a regional manager or two. Um, you should probably think about a marketing director, um, you know, now you're starting to consolidate and, and think about maybe a call center. Um, you definitely are using the same suppliers, the same uh, practice management software, same labs. So those sorts of things start to actually make a difference past five practices, sometimes six. And that's when you start saving money by internalizing those sorts of things and, and creating this executive team. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I, it kind of leads me into my next thought. And, um, I have a feeling that you're going to be like my friend Rob here when I ask you what time you get up in the morning at like 3 a.m. 3 Are you an early morning person? I'm a 4.30 guy. Oh, jeez. Jeez, I'm surrounded by all of you people. Jeez. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Your, you get up in the morning, Mark, you do your thing, and anyway, you, have the, I, you know, uh, your phone starts to go off, your emails go off, your, your, your and, and these don't even have to be, I'm, I'm more interested in, you know, day in the life stuff, not necessarily cute things, but are you connecting with his executive team first? Are they, are, you know, I, I have this expression of tennis balls being hit at me, you know, are they, are they, you know, lobbing things at you? Tell me a little bit about the management tree and how you guys are, you know, 
taking care of these uh, eight pra- seven, seven practices? Yeah, so I have five practices in the state of Arizona, two practices in the state of California. Uh, California used to have a regional manager when we had four practices there. Since I've shed those two practices, we, I deal directly with, um, or my COO deals directly with uh, the two office managers there in those two practices. Here in Arizona, I have a regional manager. And uh, what I do here in the state of Arizona is I go to each of the weekly meetings uh, once per week. So we call them weekly growth meetings. And that's where I actually show my face in the practices. So the practices will see me physically, my presence, once a week. Uh, but outside of that, we're, we're talking about getting their end-of-day protocols, emails, or texted to the regional manager. And then the regional manager texts or emails me <clears throat> excuse me, her end-of-day protocol. So uh, I have as few direct reports as possible. Uh, I don't even speak to the to the um, office managers every single day. I just deal mostly with their, their supervisors. So, you know, it, it, I, I'm constantly looking at uh, the practice management software throughout the day and the analytics throughout the day. And if there is a fire that needs to be put out, I am dealing with that. But most things are held uh, handled at the office manager level or at the very least at the uh, regional manager level. Hey Mark, so tell me, just to step back for a second. At the, the weekly growth meetings, who attends those meetings and what kind of things are, are you discussing? Yeah, they're very regimented. Um, we base our weekly growth meetings on the four disciplines of execution by Sean Covey. That's the agenda that we use. So first thing, um, they are every single person that works out of practice attends the weekly growth growth meeting. So the um, the office manager runs the meeting and completes the agenda before anybody gets there. Uh, hygiene is there. All of the leads are there. All the assistants are there. So we just had one this morning. I just came from there. And uh, there were 14 people there. We, we buy them breakfast. And then we started at 7.30 and we go till... Uh, 8.30 or 8.45, and then the patients show up after that. And the agenda is, is really straightforward. First, we go over what we call our, um, well, first we do recognition, and we pick a Wonder Woman Award or a Rhino Award. Those are those are our two recognition awards. We pass around these pins, and whoever was a super performer from the previous week gets nominated by the office manager and uh, and voted on by the rest of the team. And uh, so we start with recognition. That usually takes about 90 seconds. And then we review our WIGs, which is our wildly important goals. And this is directly from four disciplines of execution. So our wildly important goals are one, two, or three main goals for that practice um, for the entire year. So for us in that particular practice, it's 20% growth. We want to decrease our overhead by 7%. And then um, we have uh, a number of uh, new patients, a new patient number goal and an attrition goal. So we want the fewest amount of people to attrition and the, the highest number of people to, to come into the practice. So we review those numbers really quick. That takes another maybe 30 seconds. We just review that. Everybody knows them by heart. And then we go through uh, the lead measures. And the lead measures basically mean uh, what each department can do to contribute to the overall wig of the practice. So if we're looking at um, a 20% growth, if, if you're a $100,000 a month practice, we need to get to $120,000 a month. So we have a gap between the baseline of last year of $100,000 and $120,000. So we have a $20,000 gap that we need to fill somehow. How can each department contribute to that overall wig? So we go through by department. Every single week, they contribute to a meaningful, measurable metric so that they can contribute to this overall growth goal. So we have the front office. So one example would be um, we use call source and they record our phone calls and they get a monthly, or, or I'm sorry, a weekly score on how well they did handling the phone calls. And that includes how many of the people that were looking for a new dentist actually ended up with an appointment. So two of my girls in this particular office had a 66% for the week and a 68%. So their goal, their lead measure for next week is to get their conversion rates up to 75%. So uh, they're going to do that by doing some role-playing and training with 
some of our coaches that teach them how to be more effective on the telephone. So that that'd be one example of a lead measure for the front office. If I could just stop for a second, Mark, it's so important. And, you know, uh, Rob, Rob has most of his clients uh, email into him as Dennis. So he doesn't have the the wonderful, you know, do you take my insurance questions on the phone? He's battling. So I I just think that was an awesome thing you shared. Just want to pause for a second. So call source will record and, and help give you evaluations. And then, who's who or what or how is the training to improve being done yeah so we have we actually have in-house trainers that work on those sorts of things so we do we have a a trainer that works on role playing for case acceptance we have a trainer that works on same person that works on incoming calls um, and handling phone calls correctly uh, the patient experience so we have one person that kind of floats from practice to practice that that will give training on that. We identify the practices that need it, and then we just set up a, a time. It's either virtually via Zoom or right there in person. They'll come after hours or before hours and, and work with them on role-playing. Very um, cool. Some strategies to, to, to sharpen the sword there. So then after the WIG stuff, now, so what, else, uh, what else is discussed at the, uh, at the meetings then? Yeah, so then we, um, everybody goes around and they report to what their lead measure was from the previous week and then what they're committed to for the upcoming week. And what that does is it adds kind of an element of peer pressure and um, kind of just puts it out there. Everybody starts to get very comfortable just sharing what they're committed to for the week. Um, and then everybody else on the team can actually track it because we have a score a scorecard, which is basically just a whiteboard in the break room where everybody writes down what their lead measure is for the week. And then there's some sort of easy metric and way to track that throughout the week. So, um, so everybody goes through, including the office manager, they have a lead measure for the week. And then each of the doctors have a lead measure for the week and they report back from the previous week. And, uh, but by then we're done with about 45 minutes and then we clean up with any, any extra, um, housekeeping stuff that needs to be discussed. That's cool. I, I mean, it, and it sounds like that 45 minutes, that's or 45 minutes to an hour. That's it. Like you, these meetings are not bleeding over beyond that. It's a very, sounds like a very regimented, as you said, uh, you know, structure just from a, an agenda standpoint and from a time standpoint. Yeah, totally. And then we have, we have once a week, the regional manager has a 20 minute meeting with the office manager. And if there's any extra stuff that needs to take the, to be discussed, that doesn't fit on the agenda of the growth meeting. Cause we like to keep it, the growth meetings as positive as possible, then they take care of those in those extra meetings. And then the office manager has a 20 minute meeting with each of their leads each week. And then I have a 20 minute meeting with each of the regional managers every single week. So, so there's, there's a definitive kind of um, organizational chart in the way that we do all of our meetings. A lot of people hate meetings. They think that they're a time suck and a waste of time. If you actually have a good agenda and they're really regimented, they, they could be a really powerful way to keep your, your practices on track. Yeah, that's interesting. And and I think it's, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, a lot of times, you know, meetings that go on for hours that aren't productive, you know, obviously doesn't mean that all meetings are bad, but, you know, keeping them on track and having having that kind of agenda is important. Um, backing up, so it's uh, you were saying that you really you delegate a lot to your regional, uh, your regional managers and you let them make decisions. You know, what was, uh, at what point were you able to do that? And was that a challenge to, you know, obviously as somebody that is a dental practice owner used to running the practice and having your hand in all things, was it hard to be, to see that kind of, of decision-making and to, to delegate somebody else to, to, to these, these crucial functions of your business? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to pretend that I have it all figured out or that it's a perfect situation. I mean, if you want to have more than three practices, really, if you want to have more than two practices, you have to be a little bit comfortable um, or you have to get over that that necessity to have control over every little thing. If somebody can get a task done 80% uh, of what you could have it done at, then you have to be comfortable with that. Of course, that comes down to correct onboarding and making sure that, you know, there is a certain decision tree that they have to go through in order to, to, to make those high level decisions. But once you can train somebody to make those decisions on your behalf and you trust them to do that, um, it's, it's pretty liberating both time-wise and, you know, allowing that person to grow within their position and, and stay sticky to you um, and, and loyal to your organization. 
Yeah, it's interesting that I've seen over the years, my clients that have gone on to grow big group practices and to do it well are the ones that had the ability to bring other business people on or seed you know, control or decision-making and delegate that to those other people. And the people that have really stymied themselves are the ones that have tried to hold on to too much because uh, we all have, you know, there's only so much capacity that anybody yeah. has to be able to do things well. And and I think that that it's a tough mindset to, to kind of realign to say, like, I'm going to cede this this decision-making to somebody else. But really, you know, if, you, if you're not able to do that or if that's not the plan, it's really, it's virtually impossible, as you said, to have a large number of practices where you're the only one that makes all the decisions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think about people like, uh, I don't know, Jack Welsh when, when he was at the helm there, um, uh, large corporations, you know, they, they had over 250 companies under GE while he was at the helm. Um, you have to kind of take the, the CEO's mindset. There, there are dental groups that have, you know, 45, 50, 75, 150 individual practices, and they're leaning heavily on their management group, their executive team. The CEOs of those companies aren't getting, you know, uh, the, the, the lower level fires to, to, to extinguish themselves. They have to have a team in place that knows how to make those decisions. You have to empower the people that are working for you, especially in those management and executive level positions to make those decisions. Are they always going to make the right decisions? No. And you're not either. Uh, if you're the person that was going to be making those decisions, but it is a leap of faith that you have to make or else you'll never grow. What I think Mark is so, so important to note is as groups grow and whatever form they're called, the DSO, a corporate group, or just a, a large private group, you know, if you go back to dental school, you know, most dentists will say, I just want to do the dentistry and be left alone. And, and that's nearly impossible in a solo practice or even two partners. Oh. Um, but what you're really creating in, a, in a, what I think in the, a cool way, and you can tell us a little bit about the experience of your dentist in there, is that the dentists who are working in the practices are likely able to focus a lot on the clinical care because they have this support, which I just think is can be very ideal. Um, is that how it is for some of the associates? Or, or I'm not totally sure of all the structures in there, but you know, since you have this management team and even in the, you know, the call center, instead of them coming back to the dentist saying, you know, what should I do about this? Do you have people in place to help them? So are the dentists freed up to really focus on clinical care then? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, that's a, that's a great point, Paul. And, and we do have a lot of uh, newer dentists and, and brand new grads that come through and, and their primary aim um, is to increase, the the pace at which they work and their clinical skill set and increase the quality of the their clinical care so that's what we want them focusing on so the whole structure is that the dentist working in there um, can focus on the clinical care now we we allow them to get more involved with some of the business decisions um, if they're interested in that especially if they are a trial partner or a partner uh, we want them involved and we want them aware of what's happening. But it was funny today at the meeting, it was, it was really interesting because the way that we hold our meetings, uh, we've seen this even on, on the Nachos Facebook page where people are asking questions like, how much um, information do you give the team about the profitability and the numbers and that, that sort of thing? We are totally transparent in our organization. I was reflecting today during our meeting, we had the, the billing department there as well. And they were talking about, you know, the over 90 days and the accounts receivable with higher, a higher percentage than we like it to be. And, and she was sharing how um, uh, the billing department, three people in the billing department kind of focused on the over 90. And, and their, their lead measure for the week was to get a certain percentage of the over 90 accounts receivable down to a certain other percentage. And, and uh, the transparency was really, I think, refreshing. And everybody from, from the sterile tech to, the, to just a regular dental assistant on the team knows exactly where our profitability is, knows exactly where our overhead is, knows exactly where our accounts receivable is. They know that we want to grow by 20%, and that is two-point-something million dollars. So everybody understands all of it, from the, from the associate dentist all the way down to the sterile tech. So that's just the culture that we've cultivated. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's, that's the way that I, I like it, Mark, because, you know, to get back to my early rising friends here, you and Rob, and your, and your, and your, and your healthy nutrition was just great. I mean, you're kind of saying this is how the body works, right? You've, you've spent a lot of time 
uh, investigating, researching that, and you're sharing with your team, this is how the practices work, and, and more information on that's just better for everybody. Uh, so they're aware of, you know, like the key performance indicators like you talked about, and just, I think people feel better when they just are, understand how something works. And, you know, I, I, I commend you for sharing that with your team. I, I try to do a, I try to actually do a similar thing uh, myself. It's just that, you know, it, it's, it sometimes becomes like a hours in the day issue sometimes when you're, you have uh, good goals of, of working on this. And then as some of these uh, unplanned fires happen and everyone's attention goes on to that, but I, I you know, want to do more of that myself. Yeah, I'd like to just jump yeah. in here for a second. So part of it, and this is, you know, obviously a challenge that, that we all face as any kind of anybody that owns a, and operates a professional practice. But, you know, you said that you, the importance of getting these systems in place and that, you know, initially you didn't have the systems in place to the extent that you were happy with. And obviously now it sounds like you have a very healthy culture and healthy systemic uh, situation with your with your business. But, you know, how hard was it to sort of implement those those changes and to put those structures in, in, in place and to really get this regiment going. Cause I, it's a challenge that, you know, I, I face, uh, on a regular basis that, you know, kind of, it's, it's one thing to have the ideas, but to actually execute on them and, and implement them and, and impress them on your, uh, on the people that work with you and around you is not always the easiest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that question. And, um, once again, I want to remind everybody that my organization is far from perfect and, <laughs> And uh, my my assistants and my associates listen to this talk, listen to my podcast. They will hear that me speaking. So uh, whether or not I want to to um, you know puff up my chest and pretend that it's all perfect, it is not perfect, and it wasn't easy installing systems. And it's an ongoing, constant challenge, you know, to make sure that you're holding people on the team accountable and that you're being a strong leader. Leadership uh, and accountability go hand in hand, but leadership is not something that that we're born with and not something that we're taught in dental school, certainly not. Um, so the way that I found to be the most effective is to start with little things. We have this thing called the systemization jumpstart, where we start with three really easy systems. We start with an end of day protocol, we start with a downtime protocol, and the third one is the AM office manager, manager protocol. Those are the three things that we start with. And then once we get a little bit of traction with those simple uh, systems, then we expand those out and we start creating this really vibrant um, uh, operations manual, which is what all of our practices lean on. And the thing is swelled to like this big 660 page document and we're constantly adding to it and we're constantly referencing it. But we started with three really simple end of day protocols, these, these laminated sheets of paper that were checked off at the end of the day and signed and then take a picture taken and texted to me or the regional manager. That's as simple as, it, as, as we started. And from a leadership standpoint, it's also a great way to start for leadership as well because if they're checking off these boxes or not, and you're not correcting a behavior that they are not, that they are committing to, that they just checked off, and you're not holding them accountable to everything that they said they're doing, uh, then you're not being a strong leader. So you can flex your leadership muscles and your systemization muscles and your accountability muscles at the same time really really simply in the beginning that's is that's so awesome mark and i i uh played high school golf and i still go on a golf trip with my friends from high school which are great guys and they have all different uh careers none of them none of them chose chose dentistry uh but i'm usually one of the be the better golfers on the trip and uh I use that example with those three systems so great, like they should actually have less clubs in their bag because they, they actually get worse scores by having more access to clubs. <laughs> and I say, don't totally. hit that club. They say, but I can reach. I'm like, you've never shown me once you can reach with a three wood. <laughs> and they're like, so if I taught someone to play golf, they would get like, I'm not joking, like three clubs, like a putter, a seven iron and a four iron. And I would just say, come back to me when you've played like 20 rounds with this and they would become much better golfers. But just like dentists who've been doing things a long time, and it's understandable, they feel that's too restrictive, but it's really actually very empowering to say, hey, let's just focus on these three things, do them well, add a fourth thing and add a fifth thing. And that's how I teach implant courses or boost camp or things like that, because I think dentists can see, and especially with Facebook and social media, you know, and I talk about this Lincoln Harris when he visited Philadelphia, they don't see the journey to get where you got where you are, whether you're a good golfer or practice owner. And uh, you can't just skip steps to get there. So... You know, I think that's, you know, system jumpstart is, is awesome. Yeah, thanks. 
Um, if we switch gears for a sec, Mark, because I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about this, mm-hmm. you know, treatment planning. And I think of CE like a tasting menu. And I take a lot of pride in putting my CE together. And last year being at the Dental Success uh, Summit was truly the best uh, event I've ever been to. And I've been to many events as a speaker and a participant. Uh Tell us a little bit about this year. I'm, I'm honored to be there again speaking. Who are going to be some of the people on that tasting menu sharing sharing their knowledge? Well, first of all, the reason I had you back is because you, I mean, you brought down the house. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, Mark. I have a see recording. I'm, I'm serious. It was, it was so good. It was, you, you have just this way of speaking to large groups of people that get them totally engaged and eating out of your eating out of the palm of your hand. So. Um, I think you endeared the audience, and uh, you're backed by popular demand. Thanks. So it wasn't a fluke, and it wasn't because I'm nice. It was because <laughs> you, you really, really did a great job. So thank you very much for that. Um, oh. This year uh, is going to be even better, even bigger. We're, we're looking – we'll be over 600 people this year, Paul. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be a large, a larger event, not, not the biggest in the world, but it'll be a larger event, especially for a private event. So – we're going to have great speakers there. You know, uh, Amanda Wilson's going to be speaking about ortho. You're going to be speaking about uh, the great things that you speak about. Jamie Amos will be there. Um, Tim McNamara, Dr. Tim McNamara will be there. Alistair McDonald will be there. Um, Aaron Elliott will be there. We're going to have lots of great, great um, speakers. But we have lots of fun things happening, too. We have, we have um, a special surprise. Uh, some live entertainment. I think everybody's going to enjoy. I think you're going to love it, Paul. Uh, we also have a boxer. I don't know if you guys, you guys are kind of from my, from my, um, my genre or my kind of timeline ish. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. will be oh, yeah. on Boxing nice. Globe. Nice. Um, once, once um, considered the pound for pound, pound best boxer in the world, he's actually held titles as a middleweight, a light heavyweight, and a heavyweight, which is crazy. Nobody, nobody since or before was able to do that. So, so yeah, we're going to have lots of fun stuff outside of dentistry, but I think that it'll probably be one of the better um, events if you guys are looking at the type of thing that we're talking about today. Systemization, leadership, accountability, actually um, being able to dig into those overhead numbers and figure out how to control cash flow, um, how to deal with debt versus uh, uh, saving for retirement, all those sorts of things. Those are the kinds of things that we like to focus on. But there, we're going to sprinkle in some uh, clinical stuff in there. I, I mean, I, I commend you for a couple of reasons. I mean, I, I love speaking. And, you know, I've just came back from a few trips where I was the only speaker for the day, which is which is no problem. But I, I actually enjoyed being, you know, the speaker and a participant to learn myself. So I, I've kind of mimicked that with our upcoming Dentist Team Boost Festival, and I just think that for all ages, dentists, and that was part of the energy that was there, you're learning from each other, and you're just becoming aware of some of these people that exist that I didn't know even before I, I, I'd come to the Dental Success Summit, and I felt I was a knowledgeable person, so I, I think you really should just be commended for providing that to the the dentist world, and I think also, Mark, like, you know, you're I'm honored to have you come to the Dentist Team Boost Festival with Rob, and we have... I made this test tasting menu of clinical and management, and we have people speaking on perio, multi-practice ownership, fee-for-service dentistry, uh, Dr. Yazdan um, on Instagram. Because I also think, Mark, we're doing like, it's it's not easy to pay attention to one person for a full day. So I think dentists really yeah. enjoy and are, are learn more when they get things changed up a bit, even with, with, uh, with the speakers. Uh, but as, you know, we know tr- organizing those size events are, are, are uh, uh, a passion project right because they take you know almost a whole year to pull it off it's like a yearly wedding you're having of ce oh god isn't that so true paul yeah I mean, oh my gosh is it it's it's a labor of love and it's like why am i doing this you get three months out every single year and you're like wow i forgot how much I, it's like having a baby right you yeah. forget how how hard it is to lose sleep and and how difficult the actual labor was um shortly after but but man i just i love it i love the energy i love getting around like-minded people you and i are breaking barriers dude i mean you're like the east coast guy I'm yeah kind of i like it west coast guy and, and we're 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 crossing we're crossing over i like it people people like their regional stuff like there are people that are well known in the southwest there's people that are that are um well respected in the northeast and and the the midwest and and the you know southeast but but this is cool. I'm really glad to, to be speaking all the way over there in Philadelphia. I love your town. 
and uh, I'm, I'm honored. So thank you so much. Oh, for and, and, and you know, I, I appreciate it. Also, Rob has been just a, a huge supporter of what I've done well before Dental Nachos. Uh, and I just, if you call it old school, it has, a, I just love classic C interaction of people meeting people face to face because, you know, things online can be skewed. And it's, you know, while I'm very grateful that, you know, the Facebook world or social media world brings me relationships I have with people like you and many other people. Aaron was on our podcast. It's also just great for dentists to meet each other face to face because, you know, kind of returning to our theme of owning multiple practices and scaling up, uh, you're going to need dentists to be able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. And, and there's, there's no shortage of dentists that are graduating where we have over 6,000 dentists that are graduating every single year. But the ones that are like-minded and the ones that you want to be around, those, those aren't hard to find. I mean, those are difficult to find. And, and um, the ones that share your same value. That's the C course. My implant C course until Rob said we actually were. I was. I always say medium age dentist, which now stands for <laughs> mad. And then uh, then we. This guy said, "I'm going to come up with." The, yeah, I go, that's us. This guy who was great at the course. Said, "I'm going to make a new code, Paul o O D old dentist." I said, "Well, I don't like that. How about I I I call you seasoned age dentist?" But that's sad. So so so. But, but what's interesting is I'm an equal opportunity kind. Or Neuer, ask my own wife. So, you know, uh, I say to the older dentists or the seasoned ones, you know, someone calls me up in the area, says, I need an associate, Paul, who can you get for me? I said, you know, I haven't seen you in over a decade. You, you don't come to any of the events. It's very difficult for me to manage this. You got to come and show up. You know, it's like somebody said, I'm going to put on my, you know, uh, favorite outfit from dental school. That's not very cool anymore. Come to these events and, and meet these young people and just magic can happen. I mean, you know, I talked to people from the oh, Dental right. Success Summit on the phone that I met and I, you know, I just think you, know, you don't have to do it uh, every week like an old school study club, but I just think I worry. And I mean, it's, it's I, since I love live C so much, I worry it could just go away. So, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, though, too, Paul and Mark, you know, we had uh, Todd Fleischman, dentist yeah. in Philadelphia on, who is, uh, his episode, I think, will be coming out soon, but or uh, actually probably already been released by the time this comes out. But you know, he was a, a dentist that's roughly your age, maybe a little younger, who found his practice through going to yeah. CEs, mentoring, you know, meeting people, and you know, there are opportunities there. And that, yeah, I mean, it's so easy just to sit in front of your computer. And Facebook is great, social media is great, email connects us, but. There's definitely a, another level of connection that, that's out there. And whether you're an older dentist looking for an associate or a young dentist looking for uh, an opportunity for a practice to buy into or to acquire or just to get out there and hear what other people are doing, there's really there's still no substitute for that that human interaction. Mm -hmm. And both of you guys obviously do do a great job with that. I appreciate that, Robin. And geez, I mean, it's hard to keep up with you, um, Paul, with all of your meetups and stuff. I really admire that. You know, I, I I'm from a small town, so we have a, a kind of a limited, a limited um, dental footprint here in my small town. Of course, uh, our main training facility is in Scottsdale, so I'm down there often. But that's not my hometown. I can't like have a a, a pizza get together, a pizza and cocktail get together, and then cruise home quite easily like you can. But, yeah. But it's very cool to see that you are you are creating these opportunities for people. I mean, there's no direct benefit for you to to be hosting these events, but but you're putting people together. And I appreciate. And, uh, it. I always liked it. I mean, really Rob, cool. those you know, I, I had a group called the Rising Dentist Study Club, and our mission was to make dentists be nice to each other. And that was in 2005. It's back in the day. Yeah, I, I and, knew uh, Paul Goodman. Yeah, went, right? and I had to call people to do Mark, and you know, um, <laughs> uh, I just I really just enjoy that, and and it, you know the. Uh, it, it's fun, and I, I try to make it, uh, you know, just like we talked about with your your jumpstart systems. You know, jumpstart C, come to a come to a um, a small event, meet some people, and, and you know, I, I, the other thing I was going to mention about the Dental Success Summit, which is something that I like to do in my events, is it's really for everybody too. You know, the representatives in the dental industry. I know we we become friendly with both with the cool people at local med, you know, they're just, they're a great mm -hmm. part of the industry too. I mean, you know, they connect yeah. us for jobs and they know things. So I think, you know, that's just, um, you know, with thanks for sharing about all the, the journey to scaling up. And I just think that, you know, if one of my final messages is, Oh, this is what I was going to say is, you know, I would like to do a ride along with you one day, uh, Mark, I don't know if I can get up at four thirty AM and work out with you. Maybe that one day I can, but, um, <laughs> What I would say, and, and if someone did a ride along with me, like a like a dental student or a resident, I think they won't they don't realize how complex 
running large organizations are and how kind of frenetic it feels. And that's normal, right? You know, I think they'd say, yeah. they might say to me, what's going wrong today, Paul? And I said, what do you mean? This is one of our best days. And they go, it doesn't feel that way. So no, this is normal. And that would be if you run any large organization. So, you know, I appreciate oh, so sharing true. that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. It, it is so true. It is so true. You, you, you grow this um, tolerance for stress and it doesn't become stressful anymore. It's like, you know, these are, this is just Tuesday. You know, this is, <laughs> the sky's not falling. It's just Tuesday, which was similar <laughs> yeah. to the callous mind, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, Mark, uh, how can uh, people learn more about uh, the dental success event and, uh, and uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, if you guys go to dentalsuccesssummit.com, there are a handful of tickets left. The, the actual venue itself is sold out. Uh, we sold out the entire hotel, and it's a huge hotel. Um, so dentalsuccesssummit.com, if you type in the code LISTEN300, you can still get $300 off the ticket price. Those are going to go pretty quick. So if you guys um, are listening to my voice right now and uh, you're still interested in going, you can go check it out and see if there's still tickets available. If you just want to reach out and interact with me, you can just go to info at truedentalsuccess.com. You can email me directly and, uh, and we can connect. Cool. Thanks. If you want to come to see uh, Mark and Rob in the East Coast here, dentalnachos.com has all of our tickets for the dentist team booth. So I'm just excited for the next few months, Mark. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks again, you guys, for, uh, for making this so easy. Uh, great interviewers. Just fun hanging out with, uh, with old friends. And I can't wait to see you, Rob, in two months at the Dental Booth Summit. And uh, you, Paul, in just three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't, can't wait. Thanks, Mark. Looking forward to it, Mark. Thanks again. Man, it's always fun talking to Mark Costas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's inspiring, all the things he's able to do and, and balance. And uh, it just shows you the importance of systems and being pers- purposeful, like you say, Rob. Yeah, he, I mean, he's talking about the planning and obviously the, the systems they put in place. I, and I really found his, the, the meeting uh, program that he has to be, uh, to be interesting and, and just the focus and the, and the systems, as you said, that, that he put in place. And, you know, and not, it's not a static thing yeah. either. You know, he, he is continuing to, to improve them. It's a work in process, you know, as, as always with all that stuff. But uh, that's cool. And I, you know, we should put the, uh, we'll put the, uh, the title of the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution, the Sean Covey uh, book up on the show notes as well. It's uh, obviously, you know, Mark spent some time and does some research and is looking outside the dental world to figure yes. out ways to make his dental organization better. I mean, I encourage young residents and dentists to take courses like in Toastmasters, things like that, just to learn how to speak better to patients. And he was nice to compliment me on my speaking as dental, dental success summit, but yeah. no one sees the journey. And Lincoln Harris said this and Mark, and he shared yeah. with us how challenging it was when we had five practices. No one saw me driving, you know, an hour away in 2007 to speak for a study club for free. And then they see you at the end and you can't skip steps. I mean, yeah. you just, you just can't. Paul, I saw it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thanks, know. Rob. Yes, and you I did. know better, yeah, yeah. better than anyone. Yeah, yeah, dude, but yeah. it's, it's the social media world, right? Everybody yeah. just looks at that and says, Hey, look at that. That's perfect. I mean, it's always been perfect. Right, yeah. It's like, wait a second. So, look behind the curtain here. Let's see how what's going on and see how we got there. It's not always what it appears, but uh, you know, both you guys do do a great job with that stuff. And I, and I think you know, it's just uh, ask ask people who who you admire in any aspect of either life or dentistry, just how they got there and what it was like, and so that you can embrace that journey if you want to take it on your own. I think sometimes when I go to the dental schools and I love interacting with the young dentists, I think they think it could be done faster and quicker than what it actually looks like. So that ride along thing, you know, I, I invite people to ride along with Paul Goodman. We'll have nachos and you'll see the uh, the stressful <laughs> things. And, you know, I think sometimes stress is, it's an unfair word. Stress doesn't mean bad. So I almost need need another word for it. But when you're running multiple dental offices, a lot of things come flying at you that you didn't expect and you do expect and you got to be ready for them. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. for sure. And I think it's, I also thought it was interesting, you know, to talk about uh, empowering your team and transparency yeah. with what's going on in the office. And, you know, we uh, talked to Lisa Mergens, you know, about leadership, and that's something that she's passionate about. And obviously, it's something that Mark uh, Costas, as successful as he is, he clearly is working on that on a daily basis and making himself better, making his organization better, and lifting up the people that work for him. And I think, you know, if you look at what is a, I would consider to be a healthy 
environment for your business or your practice, it's where everybody is lifted up and totally. is incentivized to perform as opposed to places where people are being oppressive or not lifting up their employees or want to, you know, let everybody know who's in charge and they're not delegating and they're, they're micromanaging yeah. and they're, they're creating this toxic environment. And, you know, that just is not going, that's not the recipe to build a, uh, a successful enterprise. I mean, he, he said something important. He said, if someone can do the job is 80% as well as you, you should delegate it. And I, we have, we have a quote in my, both my dental office and, and notch organization, get to goodish first. Mm-hmm. So it's get to goodish first and then you'll be great later. And it, you know, we've had so many great episodes recently and life happens. So, you know, if you have an organization and you're the only person who can do something, you need you need backup for many reasons for unforeseen life life circumstances and ones that just to as you say manage your own mental well being and I think yeah. dentists have a hard time in people understanding that because in dental school they sort of make it seem perfect or nothing and it's just not a good way to learn no no and not a good way to learn and it's not it's a frustrating way to live your life yeah, too right, because yeah. as you said Paul it's not perfect even the day that somebody looks like this is horrible like no this is a really yeah, good day yeah, right right if you're shooting for yeah. perfection every day you are going to come home one unhappy dude you know I mean the I say to the dental dentist in my group uh, courses do you want the best haircut uh, you can get and they say yes yeah. is okay if it takes seven hours they say no I say well that's everything yeah that's you know like so you know your patient your patient would even look up at you and say I think it's good enough now <laughs> you know like but the anatomy isn't perfect it's fine no one sees it and yeah. I, I just think that w- through all of our episodes feedback and and mental well-being and learning things that they all fuse together and you know so I, I just have enjoyed talking about this yeah yeah we're lucky to have people like mark come on the show and do it too thanks amigo thanks rob thanks for listening to another great podcast with the dental amigos and don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified if you're looking for more information about today's podcast you can find it on the dentalamigos.com If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.